You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 Okay, so this will be a, uh, a quick one. Well, I, I say that, but I've often failed to live up to that promise on these podcasts or when I'm writing or whatever. But this story, um, it's a story that caught my eye because it's somewhat related to what we talked about last week. And the story is from some uh, census data that I believe was just released, recently released. And I'll tell you what it says. Um, it says, uh, well, it says many things, but it says that 20%, this is what I really honed in on and what I want to focus on. 20% of young adults, that would be ages 25 to 34 when, when you're considered a young adult. So I guess 18 to 24, now you're not even considered an adult. That's still adolescence. 25 to 34, <clears throat> although as we'll see, it's even considered 25 to 34 adult at this point is uh, ambitious optimistic. So young adults, 25 to 34, 20% of them who live with their parents have no job and are not in school. They are doing nothing. In other words, they are utterly idle. And so I look at this and I just, I just can't begin to understand this. I, I find it almost fascinating I cannot understand it. Now, yes, uh, when I say I can't understand it, I'm referring, I, I am, and I, this is not what I really want to focus on, but I, I am also referring to the young adults themselves. I mean, this desire to do nothing, to be at your parents' house, I, I don't get that. How do you have no ambition? How do you have no desire to achieve anything? Because for me, I feel that I, I often err much further on the other end of the spectrum. Sometimes I want to achieve too much. I'm too ambitious. I am too focused on those sorts of things. And that can be a big problem, to say the least. That can lead people to dark places. But to have no ambition, no drive, no willingness to go out and make something of yourself... Well, that I just cannot fathom that in a young person. Now, if you're 45, 50 years old and you've failed at everything you've tried to do and now you're just kind of bitter and alone and lonely and you have no, no lust for, for, no zeal for life anymore. Well, that's, that's an unfortunate situation to be in. There's a certain exhaustion 
that uh, that sets in for people sometimes, especially when they aren't anchored in any, in anything. When they aren't anchored in a faith in particular. When you're not anchored in faith, and you're not very good at uh, being a family man, at being a husband or a, being a wife or whatever, and you haven't achieved any of your goals, and you're 50, 55 years old, you're looking back at your life. That's when this sort of exhaustion sets in, and you think, "Well, I don't want to do anything anymore." So there's that, but but to have that exhaustion and that kind of I'm giving up, I don't want to do anything anymore. When you're 25, that I don't get. That I cannot wrap my head around. And I don't want to hear, okay? I don't want to hear that, oh, well, the economy, the economy is so tough right now. It's just, it's just a tough economy. There's no jobs. There's no opportunities. You know, I, I, I would love to, to go out and be an adult and live my life, but there's no opportunities. There's, there's, there's nothing to do. And you sit there and you say, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing. Meanwhile, people all around you are finding things to do. So, so, what, so what is it about them? Are they all, they're all just what, just privileged, just lucky, right? But I could pull up, whatever situation you're in, I could pull up 50,000 people in a tougher situation than you who have done something. So what really is your excuse? Now, when you're, this is what I say all the time to people who are, uh, if you're a young person, able-bodied you're single you're a single person you don't have any kids you don't have any independence okay if that's the situation that you're in you can do anything this there you can do anything i don't mean that you can go out and win the lottery or be a brain surgeon right away it's not what i mean by anything but there's really no opportunity that you can justify turning down because anything's better than nothing and you have nothing riding on you. It's not like you, you could say, well, I, I really can't take this full-time job at McDonald's because that's not enough to feed my kids and I have these kids. And so I really am better off on welfare in that case because I've got the mouths to feed. You don't have that excuse if you're 25, for the most part. If you're a 25-year-old in the situation that we're talking about, still living at home, no school, no work, most of those people don't have any kids or anything. And if you're in that position... You don't have that excuse. You can take the job at McDonald's and you can live in any, you know, you can find some dingy, dumpy apartment somewhere where, 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 you know, it's 400 bucks a month and you're essentially living in a glorified walk-in closet. You can do that because you, there's no, you have nothing tying you down. You can do it. You can move to North Dakota. You can move to California. You can move to, to Colorado. You can move anywhere and do anything. To have someone who's 26 and they're sitting at their parents' house like, hey, there's nothing to do. I mean, all you could do is play video games. What do you, t- there's so much to do. There, I, I am overwhelmed by how much there is to do, by how, by how many things a person can do. It's, it's, it's so many things. There's so many things that can be done. I'm overwhelmed by it. And even in my situation where I have a wife, I have three kids, I'm the, essentially the sole breadwinner. Well, my wife, my wife does, does a great job, uh, starting her own business. She's doing a great job at that, but it's, and that's in its infancy. But for the most part, I am, you know, supporting a family of five by myself. And yet, even in, in that position that I'm in, I think there are so many opportunities, so many different ways uh, that I can help my family, that I can, you know, make some money, do, do this, do that. We don't need to be in a booming, bustling, utopian economy in order to find opportunities. And the reality is, there has never been a time or a place in the history of the world 
where a young, physically capable adult has had so many potential opportunities. Because of the information age and the internet and modern transportation, everything, you can go anywhere, you can find out about anything, you can find out about any, about any opportunity. You know, you can, you can work outside of the home, you can work inside of the home, you can work partially inside, partially outside, you can start a business, you can do anything. And yet you do nothing. And yet you choose nothing. I just don't want to hear it. And again, I have to keep reiterating that in this conversation right now, I'm talking to young adults who are in the kind of situation common to young adults these days, meaning they're physically capable, they have no kids. That's what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this and you're saying, I'm 37, I just lost my job, I have four kids and a wife, you know, it's not that simple for me. I understand it's not that simple for you. I'm not talking about you. I, I, I pray for you in your situation. Um, and, I, and I don't downplay it at all. And I think even in your situation, it can work out and you can find something and it will be okay. You just, you know, if you, you just keep striving and keep trying. Uh, but that's not, what, what I'm talking about right now is not that. I'm talking about someone that was like in the situation that I was in when I was 20 years old and I moved out of the house. That I could go anywhere and do anything. And I can remember when I lived at home, my parents would get the, you know, the local paper. It's got the help wanted section. And they would help me out by uh, circling some of the potential, the, some of the job opportunities that looked like they could apply to me. And, but what they'd end up doing is they would just circle really the entire page of, because they would say, you know what, call all of them. Just the first one that takes you, do that job. I don't care what it is. I don't, I don't care if you're, if you're cleaning toilet bowls. You, you have, if you want to be in this house, you need to have a job. You need to be doing something and you need to get that job soon. And you have no excuse to turn a job down. You should take any job, no matter what it is, as long as it's legal and moral. And that's what they told me, and that's what I did. So that's the situation that um, many of these uh, people are in. They could do literally any job, but they still complain that there are no jobs, and that is just not true. Because if you're willing to do any job, there are so many potential jobs available to you. And if you're in the position that I'm talking about, you have no excuse to turn down a job. But the, what happens, of course, we know what the problem is, that people go to college and they spend all this money on, uh, on a college education thinking that it will guarantee them a nice cushy job, $70,000 a year with benefits as soon as they get out of college. They were told that's what would happen. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. Okay, you were lied to. And I hate to say this, but, but and I was too growing up. But it, because I heard the same thing, that essentially go to college, get an education, and uh, the jobs will rain from the sky. We, we were all but told that. And I understand. But that was a lie. And it really sucks that it was a lie. It's really unfortunate, but it was. And so we could, you, you could sit around for another five years crying about it, or you could realize that it was a lie, that the job's not going to fall from the sky. The job that you thought you paid for, invested in with your $70,000, $60,000, whatever it was, um, it, it has not materialized. It won't materialize. It doesn't mean that you'll never get the job, but you're not going to get the job right now because, because, because many companies, they're not looking to hire a 25-year-old with a piece of paper who has no job experience and has been living in his parents' house for the last two years and before that was living in a dorm room. Many companies are not interested in hiring that, for, especially for some high-paying job. Because they could find someone who has an education and also has work experience and has shown a little bit of work ethic and has shown an ability to be self-sustaining at the very least. They could find somebody like that instead. So they're going to find that person, not you. That's the way it's going to go. So what you need to do 
is work your way up the ladder. And I know you thought that you bypassed a few of the rungs in the ladder because you got a college education, but you didn't bypass those rungs. You have to walk on them anyway. And it's unfortunate that you waited till now to get on them. You should have been on the ladder when you were 13 years old like me, but if you weren't, then you weren't. And now you have to start now. That's the situation that you're in. That's the reality. Deal with it. Just deal with it. Deal with it and move on. And you know what? Five years will fly by like you don't even notice. And five years from now, you'll be looking back at yourself when you were 25, living at your parents' house, and you'll be embarrassed at the kind of person that you were and what you were doing. And you'll be far more successful than you thought you ever would be. That's, I'm not saying that's guaranteed, okay? But there's a very good chance of that outcome if you're willing to make sacrifices and apply yourself. And there's an even greater chance of that outcome for, for those of us, for, for you and I in our, in our generation, because so few of us are willing to make sacrifices and apply ourselves. So if we simply have those traits, then we've already set ourselves apart from like 80% of the workforce of our demographic just by that trait alone. So, so just demonstrate those traits, go out there, uh, and, and I think you'll, you'll find some semblance of success. But it might, it might not be the financial success. It might never be the financial success that you thought you were buying your way into with a college education. That may, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. But you can at least find success in the sense that you'll be a well-adjusted adult uh, out there working a job, you have a family, all that kind of stuff. Now, so there's that. But the other part of this, and what I, what I can really fathom even less than the 25-year-olds who are living at home and doing absolutely nothing what I can fathom even less are the parents. Why in the name of all that is holy would you allow your adult child to live in your house with no job and no school? I, I, listen, I know there are exceptions. I know there are exceptions. And you always have to, and I, and I hate that we have to keep going back and doing this. Every time you want to have a conversation about anything these days, you have to go back first and say, well, here, here let, let me list every possible exception to what I'm about to say. I shouldn't need to do that. Because if I'm saying something, if I'm articulating some general principle and you know that you are an exception to what I'm saying, then you're an exception. So fine. So move on with your life. You don't need to get offended by it. I'm obviously not talking about you. This happens to me all the time. Anytime I write anything and I'm, I'm, I'm just all you when you're writing about principles and situations, you can only really speak in general terms. I can't speak specifically about every person in the world. I'm just speaking in general terms. You know, this is the way things should be. Um, and I, and anytime, anytime I write anything, I get these emails from angry people saying, I'm upset because what you wrote doesn't apply to me. Well, then why are you upset if it doesn't apply to you? What are you upset about? I never singled you out by name and said, said, uh, what I'm writing right now applies specifically to Susie Q. I didn't say that. So if you know, it doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply. Don't get offended by it. And so what I'm saying right now about kids who are, uh, quote unquote, kids, adult children who are living at home doing nothing I realize that there are some rare exceptions where um, where that is uh, where where you know it has to be that way. I understand that, but those are rare exceptions. And if you are one of those exceptions, if your kid is one of those exceptions, then this is not pertains to you at all. This doesn't pertain to you. That's why I say physically capable adults. So if your child is, for instance, disabled, um, then that's obviously different. Although even there, we need stipulations because we know that the term disabled. Encompasses, uh, encompasses these days everything from a sore knee uh, to sad feelings to literal paralysis. So if your child is actually disabled, that is not physically capable of holding a job, period, then that's different, of course. 
That's a different situation. And if we get into the really tragic scenarios, uh, you've got uh, uh, someone who's terminally ill or, or something some, or something terrible like that, well, then again, obviously that's different. But when we talk about 20% of young adults living at home who don't have a job or in school, are all of them terribly ill or uh, bedridden? No, of course not. Not even close. In fact, I have known of or known several people in this position and none of them were sick. They were all perfectly healthy, probably even healthier than the average person. So we know that there's a certain large portion of my generation who live at home and do nothing and their parents allow it. So here's my question. then: Why? Why would you as a parent allow that? If you have a 13 year old kid who is not cooperating, not doing his schoolwork, not doing anything, that is a more difficult position for you to be in because you can't kick your 13-year-old out. But if your 13-year-old is actually a 26-year-old acting like a 13-year-old, then here's what you do. You open the door and you say, leave. Leave my house. And maybe you give them a warning. You say, listen, you have X amount of days to shape up to get a job, and then you're gone. And even after you get a job, you're going to very quickly be gone. But we'll give, maybe we'll give you a little bit of time. You, you get a few paychecks. Um, you make a down payment on an apartment. So we'll give you some time. But the timeline starts right now. Go. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't a parent do that? Your quote-unquote kid is in the basement right now playing video games. Why wouldn't you go into the, the basement, shut off the TV that you're paying for, uh, in fact, rip the TV out of the wall, th- break it, you know, even better. Just get rid of the TV. Throw it out. Throw it out into the, in, into the dump, okay? But... You, you shut the TV off. You stand in front of your, your quote-unquote kid. And you say, starting, you, you have a month to get your life together. And one way or another, after a month, you are out of my house. So you could be living in an apartment at that point, or you could be living in your car. That's up to you. That's really up to you. But you have one month, go right now. You're on the clock. Why wouldn't you do that? I just can't. I, I, I oh man, I can't understand it. Why would you allow a grown adult to leech off of you? Do you think you're doing them a favor? Is that love? Is that loving to do? I'm not saying you don't love them, but do you think that because you love them, you have to do this? Do you think that because you love them, you have to aid and abed them in their sedentary, uh, uh, good-for-nothing lifestyle? Is that what you think? Because I'm telling you, you don't. And I think the really loving thing to do This is a time for what we call tough love, and it is tough, but it's a time for that because your grown adult child has already developed many habits and propensities that are extremely damaging to him and toxic. And if you wait too much longer, these habits are going to be set in for life. And this is the kind of person that, that he's going to be forever if you don't do something now. Your, your child in this circumstance is teetering very closely to being a loser for his entire life. He's, he's very close to, to that happening, um, barring divine intervention. And so you need to act now and take desperate measures because that is a desperate situation. And this is a weird thing that you see with uh, parents and people talk about it all, all the time when we're always complaining, oh, parents these days. And I think we go overboard with that sometimes, blaming everything on parents. And, I said, and I've been saying that even before I had kids myself, I said, 
uh, maybe we're a little bit too hard on parents. We're looking to blame parents for everything. At any time somebody under the age of like 40 does something bad, we say, oh, he must have had terrible parents. And that's not always true. I think often it's not the case because people have free will and you could raise your kid exactly the right way. They could still go off and be a scumbag. So that can happen and it does happen, unfortunately. But there are some things that we see, some common threads that we see among uh, parents, a lot of parents these days, and many of them are very bad. And this is one of them where it seems like you have parents who don't realize or have forgotten that they own the house and they're in charge. They are the authority figures in their house. And as long as, and, and if they have a kid, even if he's 26, he hasn't moved out of the house, he's not doing anything, he's, he's uh, completely dependent on you, well, then you, haven't, you have total authority over him still. He, he, can't, he can't say, I'm 26 years old. Yeah, but you're not acting like it. You're not 26. You might as well be 12. Okay? No, you're not 26. You're 12 is what you are. You want to be 26? Go out and be a 26-year-old. Oh, you're 26. Okay, go out, get an apartment, and live and be a 26-year-old. And then when you come home for, uh, for, uh, to, to, to visit, you come, back, you come home for a meal or something like that, like, like, like grown adults are supposed to do, in, in that case, then we'll treat you like an adult. Then we'll be more on an equal footing. And I won't boss you around quite as much, although I'll still be your parent. See, that's the... I just don't understand how parents don't see this, even with their younger kids. Where you let the, the, and obviously we know that if a parent has allowed their grown adult to act like a 12-year-old and has subsidized that lifestyle, then we know for sure they've been doing this for his entire childhood, which apparently has not end, ended. And so this 26-year-old who still runs the house, even though he acts like a 12-year-old, when he was 12, we know he probably ran the house. And when he was five, he ran the house. And his parents allowed it. And I just don't understand stand so i think there's a very really simple solution for grown adults who are leeching off of their parents and contributing nothing to the household or to society or to anything and just doing nothing i think there's a very simple solution to that and that is for the parents to stop allowing it to happen and that's and they could stop allowing it right now this very moment they could stop allowing it this very moment, you can kick your kid out if you wanted to. So that's an authority that you have, that you still have, even if you long ago forfeited but you forfeited it, but you still have it, and uh, I, I really think that you should exercise it. And um, I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't often get into dispensing parenting advice, especially to parents that are much older than me. If you've got a 26-year-old uh, child, then you're obviously much older than me, and you've had kids for much longer, but... This is so obvious. This is such an obvious point that, I, that even I feel qualified to make it, even if I didn't have kids. Even before I did have kids, I was saying the same thing. When I was 25, and I didn't have kids yet, and I wasn't married, and I looked at other 25-year-olds who were living at home and not doing anything at all, and I would say, why are your parents allowing you to do that? I've had this conversation with 25-year-olds in that position. I'd say, why are your parents allowing you? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But that's what you're raising. That's what you're, because of your, you know, doing what you think is the quote unquote loving thing, you are raising a kid who just, I don't know. Eh, eh. That's what your kid's going to be for his whole life. Eh, yeah, yeah. That's going to sum up his entire life if you don't do something now. That does it for me. I'm, uh, I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Akruche Salus. Godspeed.
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.